strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. And thanks for being here. We are live from the Phoenix Convention Center. It's the NFL experience leading up to the Super Bowl. Happy Friday. A great experience with the NFL being in town. And the question was asked, you know, what what do we gain from the Super Bowl being here aside from the economic windfall with the businesses that are full? And, and I think that's enough. But there are so many other things that the NFL brings to the table. Attention, money uh, to organizations. We'd like to try to highlight some of the great nonprofits that are doing good things. There is an organization in Arizona called Be Kind People Project, and it was uh, the founder and CEO is Marsha Meyer, and she joins us. Good morning, Marsha. Thanks for doing this. Well, good morning, and thank you so much for having us on the program today. Let's talk about, for the people that don't know what Be Kind People Project does, can you explain what you do? Oh, I'd love to. Um, we are uh, a nonprofit that um, focuses on character education. We have an innovative and relevant learning approach so that kids can build the skills of respect and acceptance of others. And um, they learn proactive solutions for problems that today's kids are facing, like bullying, cyberbullying, achieving academic potential, and making really good health and emotional wellness choices. I mean, that's a, such a an important part of development in children now and, proud, and so necessary with all of the, the other distractions and things that influence kids. This is such a great idea, so much so that the NFL chose your organization, I think, for the largest donation of the money they're donating in Arizona. Is that correct? Yes, we were very honored to receive a grant from them um, for $200,000. Wow. I know, wow. And wasn't there a building involved as well? I mean, I wasn't there, so I I just heard this. There were some other things, too. Well, yes, you know, we serve on the front lines of community and and social and emotional needs. And uh, we have seen the devastating physical and emotional wellness of communities across Arizona. And so we wanted to find a place that could be a conduit to provide additional services to youth as as well as provide services and give a place for other service providers to reach the community. So the grant really is to work on a um, center in Central Phoenix. It's at 14th Street in Van Buren that will be called the Be Kind Community Center. And it is going to be exactly what it sounds like. Um, We'll serve youth. We'll have summer classes, after-school classes, um, leadership classes. But we're also going to offer services to adults um, and give access, um, inclusion, and resources to people who may not otherwise have it. That's incredible. One of the other things that happened yesterday, highlighting your organization, and, and if I butcher the story, please fill in the blanks. Okay. But there are two young women who um, are the oldest of 11 children, finishing up at ASU, raising their siblings because their mother passed away, that were recognized yesterday by the NFL. Did I get the story right? You are really close. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> that's, um, we have um, our, our Be Kind crew, our um, professional educators and dancers that communicate with um, kids and connect with them. They're the first line to children. Well, there are two sisters, um, Tequila and Courtney King, who are in the Be Kind crew, who really have um, struggled through a lot of adversity. Um, They grew up in a single-family household, and they lost their mother, the only uh, remaining parent, um, several years ago, two or three years ago, while they were still in college. 
and somebody had to take over. And these young women not only took over and helped with the raising of the rest of the siblings, they graduated from college, both of them, um, and they are both serving students now. Wow. And, you know, the really great thing is they're, they're a wonderful story of um, family and connections and faith and how it pulled together. Some of their siblings were actually originally cousins who their mother had adopted to give um, those kids a place to grow up in a good family. So they just represent everything we stand for. And we were thrilled, like over the moon thrilled that they were recognized. And they had no idea. And they're so excited to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was the part of the story that was amazing. Was it Roger Goodell himself that actually recognized what these young women had done and then just surprised them with tickets to the game? They were so surprised. And um, they're both um, humble and shy and unassuming um, young women until they get on the dance floor, of course. And I um, was especially warmed when I saw Tequila, who is the younger, just um, give Roger Goodell a great big hug right there on stage. And I mean, you know, who gets that kind of opportunity? <laughs> and it was such a spontaneous um, reaction that it was just, it was just so genuine and wonderful. I loved learning about your organization and um, and in what you do here in the Valley. And I think it's so important. If there are people out there listening that know someone that needs to connect with you, or if they want to be a part of the nonprofit in some way, donating or something else, how can they find out more about you guys? Well, um, our website is bkpp.org, Be Kind People Project, the initials, bkpp.org. And um, there's full descriptions of all of the programs. Um, there's wonderful opportunities for people to help in schools, in mentoring children. We have um, great opportunities like for grandparents who want to help in this new community center, um, for wellness instructors. So we'd love to talk to the community. We, we really want this to be a community hub that honestly will be a model for collaboration and and really um, show what Phoenix can do. Well, I sure do appreciate everything you're doing. Let, let me ask you this. What motivated mm-hmm. you to start this organization? I probably should have asked you at the beginning, <laughs> but there's always a story behind what motivates someone to do such great work. What motivated you? Um, you know, I, uh, I flunked retirement from a corporate job, and um, I wanted to do something to give back to the community. Um, had a had an annual event where we were providing gestures of kindness to the infrastructure of the community. And one year we honored teachers. And it was just there that teachers need reinforcement and kids need positive solutions um, for problems they're facing. So, you know, I would love to say this was a great whiteboard plan, but it wasn't. It was just um, seeing a need in the community and, re- and responding to it. Well, Marsha, I appreciate it. I'm so glad the NFL recognized your great work and rewarded that great work with the contribution. And congratulations to those two young women. And I hope you'll come back and join us uh, once things get rolling down on Van Buren and we can finally fill in some of the thank blanks you. and tell people. All right, thank you. We'll invite you to the ribbon cutting. I would, I would so love much. to be there. Thanks, Marsha. Oh, okay, take care. Bye-bye. Right. That's Marsha Meyer. She's the CEO and founder of the Be Kind People Project. And just one more step the NFL is taking in, in impacting this community and the legacy they leave behind.
coming up in just a moment. Uh, the teachers' union uh, has a teachers' union in Connecticut has been fined for an illegal strike. Who's going to pay that fine? We're going to talk about that coming up here in just a moment. and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, happy Friday. It is a big weekend here in Arizona. The WM Phoenix Open kicked off yesterday. The tournament started at least. Wednesday was the Pro-Am, but the party's been going on for a long time, and this weekend's going to be no exception. As a matter of fact, they put out a news release, a press release from the WM Phoenix Open saying that it is sold out. Now, I don't know how you could possibly sell out a golf tournament, but they sold out on today and tomorrow. Now, we know Saturday fills up out there. If you're in Arizona, you understand that is a huge party out there. And uh, But it's, it raises money for some great causes. But I love the tournament. Weather's going to be perfect this weekend. And, of course, with the Super Bowl. We are in downtown Phoenix at the Convention Center. We are down here for the NFL experience. We just uh, had a quick conversation with Mark Slareth. I should say Julia did. We're trying to get him on the air, possibly see who we can get for you to talk to and kind of get the same experience we are. But there is some business to talk about. Um, um, this struck me as interesting. A teachers' union in Connecticut uh, was fined uh, a, a big amount of money. They were fined um, $250,000 after educators walked off the job last week, canceling classes for five days and impacting 4,200 students. We have the same thing here in Arizona where it you can't strike. I mean, and here what's fascinating about this is it violates their contract if they strike here in Arizona. Teachers. Um, it's same thing with police officers. Same thing with firefighters. And so they have union uh, gripes as well, but they are not allowed to, for obvious public safety reasons. Firefighters and uh, police officers, cops, understand why it's important that they're not allowed to walk off the job. It's one thing if one group of people does, but but uh, here in Arizona, it violates their contract. It happened in 2018. Teachers walked out. They, and they they called them sick outs. Now I've got the videos. And I wish I had, we're out on location, so it's hard for me to get things for you to hear. But maybe in the future we'll play them. Um, I've got videos of them bragging about it behind the scenes. We're talking about members of the teacher organizations saying in videos to other members of teacher organizations, bragging about the fact that we can't call it a sick out because it, that, that makes it illegal. But that's what it is. We all know what it is. And here in, in Connecticut, this teacher organization was fined $250,000. And they are asking, the Woburn Teachers Association is asking the public. The teachers union attempted to cover the fine by hosting a bake sale and starting a GoFundMe campaign. Um, Woburn families have made a yummy baked goods in an effort to support getting the students back in school. After falling short on the bake sale donations, they launched a fundraising campaign to cover the remainder of the fines. As of Thursday, the union raised over $47,000 of the $250,000. There's a reason why these things are important. I want you to hear another headline. I want you to listen to this because the Baltimore school districts, and you can look at this, per student spending in Baltimore has increased dramatically over the last few years. Um, it, it, Baltimore school district spends a ton of money. We talk about money being the problem for uh, for schools. Well, I will tell you that it isn't just money. Money is an issue. It is not the issue, which is why we have to have a bigger conversation when it comes to schools and school funding. Listen to this headline. This should wake everybody up in Arizona.
Arizona that we never have a headline like this here. Zero students are proficient in math in 23 Baltimore schools, according to test results. I want you to think of the failing we are doing with our children if zero students in 23 schools in the Baltimore School District, zero students are proficient in math. If that's the case, think about that and how bad this is. In Arizona, we talk about this this argument about funding all the time. I am someone that is um, believes that we we should fully fund schools and whatever they need, but along with funding comes responsibility. And if you have a school district that has zero proficiency in 23 schools, you're not doing your job as educators in focus. How could you blame that on anything but lack of leadership at the education level? We have, it's interesting, here in Arizona, we have um, uh, a coaching staff from the Arizona Cardinals. The head coach has just been fired. He was signed to an extension of his contract. And because he stepped backwards in the past year, because leadership did not see forward progression of this team and what it put on the field. The head coach was fired. They only won four games, so they fired the head coach. That's a league that has a a focus on excellence. And, you know, we had a coach here in Arizona named Ken Wisenhunt. Ken Wisenhunt took the Arizona Cardinals to the Super Bowl, and they lost on a last-minute play against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was an incredible throw and catch, miraculous as it was, and the Cardinals were within a play, one play of winning the Super Bowl. A few years later, that coach was fired because he wasn't maintaining that level of excellence. And that's why the NFL, and I'm using that analogy because I'm sitting here at the NFL experience for the Super Bowl, is a juggernaut of a league. They have an expectation of excellence. They have an expectation of winning. They have an expectation of all of those things. And if you don't meet that standard, you are not around long. Now, why aren't we doing that in education? Why would the principals and the school, the superintendent of any one of those districts where those 23 schools are, why would any of those people remain in power? I mean, honestly, why would anybody? And here we are in a situation in Arizona, we should be asking the same questions. If we have a failing school, if we have a failing district, as parents, why are we not questioning leadership from the superintendent's office down to every school in the district and into the classrooms? Because at some point, leadership is the problem. Now, there's a lot of other factors in this. You understand it. it, Let's go back to the NFL analogy. Same thing. If you're an NFL player and you you are not working hard enough, you are not making the grade... Or if you are just, to be honest with you, not capable of doing what's necessary, it's a cold-hearted league and you're gone. There is some responsibility that falls on the shoulders of the parents and falls on the shoulders of the students themselves that they have to knuckle down and do the work. But it starts with leadership. And here you've got teachers' unions in Connecticut going on strike. In Baltimore, Maryland, zero students in 23 schools are uh, proficient in math. This is an epidemic of failure around this country in education, and we better get our arms around it because we are going to be sorry if we don't. Coming up in a moment, a Scottsdale art gallery owner faces charges after a racist tirade against the native performers. We'll talk about what he said and does it rise to the uh, level of illegality. We'll talk about it next.
92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. One of the top three voices, I would say, of the 1970s. Fight me on that one. Stevie Nicks, without a doubt, right? Got to be one of the top female voices for sure. But I would say all voices. She was an incredible talent. Is it an incredible talent? I know that uh, at least she used to live in Arizona part-time, and I, she may still be here. But uh, anyway, I digress. I want to get back to business. I get distracted with music. Um, there was a vid- There is a video. I, I've seen it. It's living online right now. And I'm going to start off by saying... That what happened, what happened here is absolutely stupid. I thought it was horrifying. Um, It is dumb. Um, uh, Gilbert Ortega Jr. faces three misdemeanor counts after an incident in front of Gilbert Ortega Native American Art Gallery. Uh, The confrontation was caught on video. Uh, There were Native American performers. Uh, I'll tell you one of the cool things. I've spent a lot of time up on the Native American lands um, and working on, on, um, on the Navajo Nation and volunteering up there and getting to know people that are Native Americans. But what is cool about anybody in meeting groups of people is culture. And if you've never been to a powwow, if you've never seen that happen, it's very cool when people are... are, I was very invested at home when I grew up in Florida in learning about the Miccosukee Seminole. And uh, they speak a language called Hitchati. And they uh, used to teach me a little bit of... And I don't have forgotten all the words, but I was learning from some of the the kids that were Seminole that went to my school. So I'm not... What bothers me about this is this guy has a Native American art gallery. He's selling Native American art. And he gets into a confrontation yelling at performers and mocking them. So um, so the uh, performers have been working with ESPN on a Super Bowl segment in front of a large Super Bowl sign near his shop, um, which is known for selling Native American jewelry and art. During the filming, Ortega came outside and was seen in the video mocking the indigenous performers, waving his arms, calling them names, using profane language. And it was going both ways. There were The, the performers were getting mocked, so they fought back. Cody Blackbird, a six-time Native American music award-winning artist, his brother Caleb Blackbird, and a group of other performers recorded the outburst. So he... This this was absolutely an absurd, absurd behavior from a guy that sells and deals in Native American jewelry and art um, because he's going to lose his customer base and probably should. The problem is, I think he might have been drunk. I don't know. He could have been hot. I don't know what his issue was, but his behavior was not normal. But how is it criminal? This is what worries me about the direction we head because bad behavior is not illegal behavior. And you have a First Amendment right to be an idiot. And I know everybody says there's limits, but there is no safety issue here. There's not a safety issue. He's not screaming fire in a, in a movie theater. He's making an idiot out of himself. So who gets to define, and I want everybody out there that's saying, well, it's hate speech. If you agree with the definers of hate speech now, and you believe that if because they believe it's hateful that you say that, there's been no physical contact, but it's hateful, therefore it should be illegal. I'm going to warn you of something. A day is coming when the other side of the aisle from you is going to believe that what you're saying and doing is hateful, and they're going to want to lock you up. That's the danger of being able to define something like this. Um, There was a senior in high school that was suspended for wearing a pro-Second Amendment shirt to a government class. 
what you think about that as well. Of all of the things that you can wear to school, um, that why would you be suspended for something like this? Um, so, uh, it, to me, a lot of this is interesting. Jen Psaki, former White House press secretary, uh, was talking to MSNBC viewers and talking about the dangers of free speech. And there, there's a lot of people out there now saying, using the most extreme examples of this and saying, this is why, do you really want people saying this and the hurtful things and hateful things that are said on Twitter? This is the other part of it. Everyone needs to grow up. I understand a younger generation lives on social media, but it's not a real place. We were always told sticks and stones. That was always kind of our thing, sticks and stones. But it's different. It's different. Now people on social media, it's not even a real place. It's not even a face-to-face confrontation. And we are we are now talking about arresting people for saying things that we think are wrong. There's a lot that I think is wrong. I, absolutely. I, I've talked about the art before. I've talked about the things that have been used. Um, I was raised Catholic, although I haven't been a practicing Catholic in almost 30 years. But um, being raised Catholic, the most sacred symbol in the Catholic Church and Catholicism is a crucifix. It is a, a, a. It could be on rosary beads or on the wall that you hang up or you wear around your neck. Is the uh, depiction of the crucified Christ. It is the biggest symbol, the most sacred symbol in Catholicism. And somebody decided, in order to conjure up emotion in people, that they were going to take a crucifix and a rosary beads. They were going to take the crucifix end of uh, of a rosary bead, and they put it in a mason jar full of human urine, and they called it art. That was the exhibit, part of the exhibit. And when people were justifiably outraged, the artist explained, hey, this is meant to conjure emotion. Art is supposed to make you feel things. I've used these examples before. There was an art gallery somewhere, and a lot of the people were angry because it was partially funded by the National Endowment for the Arts. There's another example of an art gallery that took the American flag, and they laid it out in front of the door at the entrance to the gallery. So the only way you could get into the gallery was you had to walk on the American flag. People were outraged. Another one had an American flag pouring out of a toilet and people thought that that again was an offensive use of the American flag. And I will tell you that when you see those things and it was defended by people that said, listen you're supposed to get angry. It's supposed to make you emotional. That's what art does. That's what this is. And here you have people being silenced. A bad behavior. I think if you look at both sides of this, you look at a mason jar full of urine and you put a crucifix, any religious symbol in it, offending people's religious values, you're an idiot. It's not art. You're just offensive. Same with Mr. Ortega. Don't know him. Never met him. I know his store. I've seen his store a hundred times in Old Town Scottsdale. He's a very well-known, has a very well-known art gallery. But the fact of the matter is, this guy um, has really stepped in it and should. I mean, the, the public outcry and backlash is legitimate. There's nothing wrong with that. But to say it's illegal to arrest somebody is absurd to me i I think it's dangerous we are going down a path that we're going to make life better by only letting people say the things we uh, condone 
because there's going to come a day when leadership is opposite of your opinions and the very things that you say they're going to call hateful and you're going to find yourself out of a job you're going to find yourself canceled or you're going to find yourself arrested and that's what's going to happen coming up in a moment we are going to talk about the border the the head of ice immigration and customs enforcement admits to enormous data errors and the illegal immigration data we'll tell you what the what the ins and outs of that are coming up here in just a couple of moments strong values and strong opinions the mike broomhead show ktar news 92.3 fm and the ktar news app Hey, thanks so much for being here. A big reminder, Joe Coy, the comedian, who I think is absolutely hilarious, is going to be at the Footprint Center May 5th. Tickets are on sale now, but you can win a pair of tickets by visiting the contest page at KTAR.com. This is going to be a great show. I love Joe Coy. I want to go to that show. Um, we talk about the border very often. Uh, DNC, uh, DNCF, the Daily Caller News Foundation, I go to their website pretty often. Uh, they've got an exclusive on this. The head of the Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Tay Johnson, admitted to major errors in illegal immigration data recently exposed by the DNCF. Um, they discovered that ICE provided the public with erroneous data underreporting the number of illegal immigrants released into the country without any tracking technology by more than 18,000% and misreporting the number of illegal immigrants tracked by GPS technology by roughly 600%. So um, here is a quote from Johnson. ICE strongly emphasizes there was no intent to suppress or mislead elected officials, the public, or symposium participants. This mishap was due to an oversight and was promptly corrected once ICE became aware. The data provided participants, and it talks about how they came to this conclusion. But we understand there's some good news. I want to be fair. There is good news at the border. And that is attempts to cross the U.S.-Mexico border have dropped to the lowest level in two years. We still have a crisis on our hands. It's still bad, but it isn't as bad as it was. So we shall see if these new policies hold in place and if these new policies continue to see a drop in people crossing our border. Uh, That, to me, would be a miracle and a great thing if it happened. Senator Marco Rubio introduces a bill to crack down on southern border coyotes. The No Coyote Cash Act is designed... Um, is co-signed by a handful of Senate Republicans. Um, it would make it explicitly illegal for coyotes to smuggle immigrants and goods across the U.S. border. The No Coyote, no Coyote Cash Act, co-signed by four other Senate Republicans, would fine coyotes and worth uh, the uh, the worth of their transportation at the border and sentence them to one year in prison. Um, putting teeth in a piece of legislation, making things um, where the re- risk reward is not good. Uh, there is an issue that ha- that is happening where young people, juveniles, are being used by the cartels uh, to human traffic. So they're, they're reaching out to these kids on social media, Instagram and Snapchat and other uh, social media platforms. They're offering them large sums of money to come to go down to the border. Uh, there's a car waiting. They tell them where the keys are and then they um, are told where to drive people and they're given large sums of money for this. But here's one of the reasons the enticement is the cash and for kids a lot of times a sense of adventure you don't understand the risk you're taking but there is no downside and here's what i mean there was a young man 
that was turned over to ICE by, I believe it was Pinal County deputies, because he had been uh, caught. He ran from the from them, but was caught with a carload of people that he was bringing into the country illegally. So he was caught and turned over to the federal authorities to ICE, and uh, or no, I'm sorry, I think it was to I'm sorry, probably to um, Border Protection, one of those organizations in the federal government who turned around and said, we're not going to prosecute. It turns out this was the fourth time, the fourth time that this young man had been caught and never charged. So this young man does not have one blemish on his criminal record, not one thing going wrong for him. Why would, what would be the incentive to say no? There's no jail time. There's no criminal record. He was turned loose. They decided that he wasn't going to be prosecuted. That is part of the problem. There has to be a risk because the reward can be so high. When you're talking about large sums of money to an adult, to a kid, that kind of money is astronomical. So you've got large sums of money. You have no risk because, you know, if you get caught, you're going to get turned loose, not arrested, not a slap on the wrist, nothing. You're going to be turned loose. This is something that we have to fix. There should be higher penalties. There should be... Um, um, there should be not only higher penalties, but there should be um, repercussions that make someone say, you know what? No way. I'm not interested. This is too dangerous. I can't I can't risk it. And these are some of the ways we can change how we do things, make it harder for the cartels. When you're flush with cash like they are, when you are making billions of dollars in controlling the U.S. border, thousands of dollars mean nothing to you. It means nothing to you. You know, if you if you could pay somebody, if you're a criminal in your mind, and you could pay somebody a dollar to do something for you that you're not going to do and be bad for them to get caught doing, and a dollar means the world to them and it means nothing to you, it's nothing. It is just helping you further your cause. And uh, to me, it is just uh, it's something else. It, it is something that needs to be fixed, and it's something that needs to be fixed very, very quickly. You know, um, what we're going to do in the next hour, uh, we're going to start off at 10 o'clock. We're going to talk a little bit about the documents um, that the president had th- that at his home because he made an admission about at least one of those documents that is a bombshell if it's true. And these were his words, not someone else's words. So when this, when you see um, something like this happen, there is something specific that's going on that makes this a very big deal. So we're going to talk about that because it also has to do with how the press covers things. Was the government being abused and used by government agencies being used by the administration to run cover for these things, but it's, it goes to what people um, are, are doing. It goes to them. So coming up just after 10 o'clock, we're going to get back on a bunch of this stuff. We've got a ton of things to cover. We are at the Super Bowl experience here, and uh, we are going to have a special guest joining us right after the next segment of the show, so we're looking forward to getting that done uh, right here real soon, so make sure you stick around.